0: Chapter 3. If you have no idea where that is, you have a little bit of time to look in your table of contents and find that before we get there. Um, So that will give you a little bit of opportunity, but Lamentations uh, chapter 3, right after the book of Jeremiah, if that helps at all, but uh, welcome to week 4 of a series that we are calling Behold, um, that has us walking through many of the attributes of God, and we're going to carry this series over even into next year, just focusing upon um, these attributes, and as we said from the beginning, these attributes are given to us by revelation of God, and there are. They're a collection of descriptions um, from Scripture uh, of who God is, of who God has revealed Himself to be. And as we've said from the beginning of this series, we should not treat the knowledge of God as a given. It is instead something that has been given to us. So every week you're going to hear these words, it takes God to know God. And God has certainly revealed Himself uh, to us uh, through His Word, by His Spirit. And this morning we are looking at this amazing topic of the faithfulness of God. This week was a time of national thanksgiving. And let me just tell you what was on my heart um, all week, especially on Thursday. And as I just considered um, just just all that God has done. I, 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 like you, had my family on my heart. I was just so thankful to God for his grace and allowing me to be raised in the family that I was raised in. Um, with, a, um, with parents that, that loved me and taught me about Jesus and just pointed me continually um, to him, even in discipline, um, pointing me to, to Jesus over and over again, and then thanking God for the family he's given me, for the wife that I adore Um, And and just so thankful for her and the amazing helpmate that she is. And then the children that God has blessed me with, with Morgan, Madison, and Malachi. I'm just so thankful for the way my my daughters um, love the Lord and have a heart for Him and just are being used by Him. And then um, for the foundation that is being built in Malachi and just see that coming Um, to pass in just many different ways and just um, as many kids do he'll continually remind me of just the way um, a child's mind and heart works with just certain things that he says where he gets it then I was thankful um, for our faith family just remembering 90 years that God has given to us as a faith family 90 years And just thankful for all of the people. Understanding this, that 90 years as a faith family doesn't just mean 90 years that there's been a building here. We're talking about people um, that God has been faithful to over those 90 years. And and people who have um, blessed each one of our lives and blessed me. I was thinking this morning about many um, in this room or other service poured into me as a child. So this is partly your fault, you know, just kind of throwing that out there, um, partly your fault as you poured into me as, as a child, but just just think of it. I'm so thankful for that and so thankful for what God has done and is doing in the life of this his church, and then i so thankful for our mission team um, just sent out to India and you know, of all the things that I can tell you during our time, we didn't get a whole lot of sleep. We traveled far too many places um, in, our, in our flesh or in our own strength. Um, we ate way more than we wanted to because um, every house you went to, the people, they have to feed you, and if you turn it down, you're insulting them. So we just kept eating and kept eating, and there were certain times it's like, I can't do this. I can't do this ever again, and our 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 favorite slogan during our trip was, we don't eat to please ourselves, we eat to please other people. Um, So we did a whole lot of that, but ultimately it was God who showed himself um, faithful. And just we saw so many things that happened. Um, God just blew our minds with so many different things that we weren't expecting. Um, But God had prepared just specifically for our team. And although I know this time might, might sound like I'm bragging on things that I'm a part of, Let me just say this. These realities in my life are nothing more and nothing less than the faithfulness of God. Nothing more and nothing less than His faithfulness. This is what God does with messed up people. uh, Of which I can testify. Not because we're faithful to Him, but because He is faithful to us. And I've seen God be faithful. I know that I know that I know that God is faithful. Can you say the same? And I know you can. Um, when we walk with God for a long time, if you've had a, a long walk with the Lord, you don't just know the character of God from Scripture, although that is where we come to know it, that is where we find it, but you also come to see the character of God applied in every detail, in every situation of your life. In the lowest points of my life, God has been there. He didn't just promise to never leave me or forsake me. God has never left me or forsaken me, God hasn't just promised to work all things together for good. I look back and see terrible, um, terrible situations, terrible circumstances that God has literally worked for good. I know that there's going to be future grace. For me because I've experienced so many instances of past grace and present grace that God has poured upon us. All I can say is this great is his faithfulness great is his faithfulness not just to me but to you as well the reason you're here is because God has been faithful to you A.W. Pink defines the faithfulness of God this way he says this God never forgets, never fails never falters, never forfeits his word God is true his word of promise is sure in all his relations with his people God is faithful he may be safely relied upon I love this no one ever yet really trusted him in vain no one has yet trusted God in vain We find this precious truth expressed almost everywhere in scriptures. For his people need to know that faithfulness is an essential part of the divine character. This is the basis of our confidence in him. Or to sum it up, God can be counted on. God will not fail. God does no wrong. God does not change. He doesn't have bad moods. He doesn't have bad days. He never oversleeps. In fact, according to Scripture, he never sleeps and he never slumbers. Every promise he makes, he keeps. God is true to his word and true to us day after day after day after day. Yet, let me just say this. To say that God is faithful is not to imply, however, that God is always predictable. Predictable. So let me just say that God is not always predictable. And don't hear what I'm not saying. Much bitterness towards God has resulted from a misunderstanding of this truth. Meaning that we often speculate on what we think God is going to do. And when God doesn't do what we think he should do or is going to do, we get upset at God. God. And far too many people have had that. We determine what's best for our lives and we think that God's only reasonable response to our best is to sign off and accomplish what we think. And let me just say this very clearly. God has never, ever promised to be faithful to our plans. God will be faithful to His. He's never promised to be faithful to our thoughts or our plans. He has promised, however, to be faithful to His. He is... He is faithful to what we often aren't, himself. God is faithful to who he is. He never forgets who he is. God is anchored in his godness, which makes him God. And Let me just kind of let that take us somewhere, which is all of us, every person in this room, depend on something or someone to be our anchor. We all do. For some, it's your significant other and the, the spouse that God has given you. Others, it's our families, and their families are our anchor. For others, it's our jobs and the security and, and finances that our jobs give us. For others, it's the picture of how successful we are or have been. Others, like Brother Steve, anchored in their appearance and how good-looking they are. Uh, no amen to that? No comment. Okay, no, okay. We'll move on quickly. Or others, or um, it's physical gifts or abilities that are anchored in. And we all have, if we're not careful, we all have that something or someone that we revert back to. And let me just say this. When that something or someone is coming through for us, we have a sense of satisfaction. And our anchor seems to be holding just fine. But when that something or someone doesn't come through for us, we have anxiety, we, have, we, we lose hope, we have fear, we despair, our anchor disappears. And let me be very clear this morning. There is no one and there is nothing in our earthly circle. So hear those words, in our earthly circle that can come through for us 100% of the time. There is no one or nothing in our earthly circle that can come through for us 100% of the time. So if you put your hope in those earthly things, your life is going to go up and down with your circumstances and um, in relationships that you cannot control. So therefore, it just makes sense that the key um, or the secret to life is to find something or to find someone who will come through for us 100% of the time in every circumstance and here's the beautiful thing and here's what we're looking at this morning. There is one. There is one who will come through for us 100% of the time and he is all together faithful to us. His mercies are new every morning. His loyal love for us is given in the midst of our hurts and pains and weaknesses, even in the midst of our sins and our failures. His love never stops. There's no obstacle that can prevent Him from doing what He says He will do. Great is His faithfulness to us. And I pray this morning that out of this message, maybe some of us in this room would say, I'm going to pursue This God is the most important thing in my life. I want to anchor my life in Him and and to Him. And if we do, or if we come back to that, here's what you will find. You will find that He is always faithful. He's always faithful. Not to your plans, but to His. Let me say this again. God wants for you what you would want for yourself if you had sense enough to want it. So God wants for you what you would want for yourself if you had sense enough to want it. That's who God is. So let's jump in to the word of this faithful God and look at his faithfulness. So Lamentations chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 22 through 24. And if you're able, I'm going to ask you to stand as we honor God's word together. And it says this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Let us pray. Father, today, help us to see your faithfulness in a way that we've never seen it. Help us to celebrate it. Help us to depend on it, Lord. Help us to anchor our lives in it. Lord, speak to your people through your word, by your spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. So let me just say this. When we say God is faithful, what we mean is that He is dependable. He is trustworthy. He is resolute. He is constant. He's reliable. He's true to His word. He always keeps His promises. He always comes through. Faithfulness implies stability. It uh, implies steadiness and certainty. Faithfulness means unchanging. It means never wavering. It is a foundation that we can safely build our lives upon with no fear of change in the future. To say that God is faithful goes to the very core of who God really is. He does not fail. He does not falter. He does not forget. Yet it goes even deeper still. So we're going to look this morning at three truths related to our always faithful God. And Let me just say this. They all, as we're going to kind of figure out and hear, they all kind of sound the same Um, as these truths. They sound exactly the same. But we're going to apply them all differently. So the first truth is this. God has declared His Faithfulness. God has declared His faithfulness. We just read in Lamentations three twenty three, "Great is Your faithfulness." And Deuteronomy seven nine, "Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God." First Corinthians one nine begins this way: "God is faithful." Let me add a few other verses. In Exodus 34, 6, God is revealing himself to Moses, and he says this, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, the Holy Spirit to the Apostle Paul declares, He who calls you is faithful. Faithful. Over and over and over again in the word of God, God is declaring to us, I am faithful, I am faithful, I am faithful. We hear it, we sing about it, but maybe there's questions in our minds or in our hearts, can God be faithful all the time? And when we begin to think about that question, it allows us to do something that is very important. It allows us to see God in the way that God must be seen. Because if we're not careful, here's what we do as individuals we compartmentalize the attributes of God. I think of what A.W. Tozer said in this regard. He says, The familiar picture of God, as often torn between his justice and his mercy, is altogether false to the facts. To think of God as inclining first towards one and then towards another of his attributes is to imagine a God who is unsure of himself, frustrated, and emotionally unstable, which of course is to say that the one of whom we are thinking is not the true God at all, but a weak mental reflection of him badly out of focus. And he goes on to say this, All that God does always agrees with all that God is. All that God does always agrees with all that God is. Every attribute of God that God has revealed to us and every attribute that He hasn't revealed to us operates in unity simultaneously at the same time, all with one another. How do we know that God will always come through for us? We look at His attributes. We look at the way He's revealed Himself to us through His Word. God will come through for you and for me 100% of the time because He is all-knowing. God is never caught off guard. God never has to recall anything. God never has to say, give me a moment, it's coming to me. No, God has all knowledge at the same time. God never um, has a thought. God always is in the know. God has, has knowledge of everything at the same time all knowing. He will always come through for us for he is all powerful. He never will encounter anyone or anything that will prevent or thwart his purposes. He will come through for us for he is holy. He is pure. He is full of integrity. He is without sin. He is without equal. He will come through for us for He is eternal. He is not affected by space or time. He sees the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning and every detail in between. As Robert described it last week, we see through a straw. God sees the 30,000 foot view. He sees it all. He will come through for us for He is omnipresent. Nothing can ever happen outside of the sphere of God's influence. For he is ever present with us and he will come through for us because he is immutable. Which means he is unchanging. He never changes. He is always consistent. Or put it this way. This is really good for us. God never has a bad day. We have bad days. God never has a bad day. We will never pray to God and have God answer us in this way. You know, if you could just check back with me later. I'm really having a difficult time right now. If you can come back tomorrow, that will be better for me. No, God will never do that. That is not our God. He is immutable. He doesn't change. He is loving and kind and compassionate. And just he's 100% of all of those things all of the time. Again, as Tozer said, all of God's acts are constant with all of his attributes no attribute contradicts any other, but all harmonize and blend into each other in the infinite abyss of the Godhead. Just think about that phrase, the infinite abyss of the Godhead, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the midst of that infinite, never-ending abyss, we know that there is the faithfulness of God. He is faithful. This God who spoke the galaxies um, billions of them came into existence as he spoke, also declares to us, behold what manner of love I have poured upon you that you should be called children of God, and so you are. I'm not just calling you children of God, you are children of God. This God says to us, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, I will never let you down in in anything that I have ever promised or said. Any promise I have ever made to you, I will guarantee it based on my character, based on my track record. This is absolutely amazing. This God has declared himself to be always faithful to us. Oh, that we would trust his word. But then secondly, God has not just declared his faithfulness. God has displayed his faithfulness. So secondly, he has displayed his faithfulness. And so the question becomes, when we look at his word, how has he displayed his faithfulness? I'm going to give you a few different ways. First of all, he has displayed his faithfulness through his creation. Through God's creation, Psalm 19:90 says, Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. So when God set the sun and the moon and the stars in place, guess what God was doing? He was displaying through them his faithfulness. Without a doubt, every day of your life, we have had day and we've had night because God made it that way. Have you ever thought about the dailiness of God's creation? The sun rises, it sets every day. It's the way we see it. The grass greens no matter how bad the winter. Our lungs breathe in oxygen thousands of times a day. Our heart beats 35 million times every year. We have food. We have sleep. We rise up not because we are strong and we continually beat the odds, but we do that because he is faithful. This is the reality of our lives. God displayed it through creation. Secondly, God has displayed it through his people. God showed his faithfulness to the promises he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham first said to to, uh, or God first said to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. I will give you this land. He made the same promises to Isaac and, and Jacob. And just imagine this little nomad guy named Abraham roaming around in his tent with this impossibility placed before him. He was 75 years old. He had no children. And God said, I'm giving you a land and I'm going to make from you who has no children a great nation. God just placed an impossibility right before Abraham. And Abraham had two um Two options here. Number one, how am I going to make this happen? Or two, how is God going to make this happen? And here's the reality. God came through. God came through. Think about Jesus. In Matthew 16, Jesus stands before his disciples and says, I will build my church and the gates of hell or Hades will not be able to prevail against it. So you have these these 12 followers. One is the devil. Yet one, or yet of these 11 men, and the followers that came through their obedience, they literally turned the world upside down or really right side up the way it was supposed to be. And this isn't just about the patriarchs or the disciples. If, If I were just to have an opportunity as we did on Tuesday night for you to share We can all share of God's faithfulness in our lives. How faithful God has been to us over and over and over again. God is faithful to his people. And third, God is um, faithful by virtue of his character. I want to show you something. How do we know that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit... um, are faithful, and we know that because the Word declares it to be so. And we're going to kind of getting a little ahead of ourselves, but the Scripture is clear. If you look at uh, Numbers twenty three nineteen, I want to show you um, this amazing picture. God the Father, um, this amazing description of Him is found in the Old Testament, other than Exodus thirty four. This is an amazing picture of who He is. But in Numbers twenty three verse nineteen, it says this: God is not man that He should lie. Or a son of man that he should change his mind? Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? In other words, God is always consistent and he is always faithful. If he speaks, if he promises 100% it will happen. If you want to know what Jesus is like, you read through the Gospels. You read through the New Testament and you see that He is a Savior who has come for us. Yet, when we get to the book of Revelation, go ahead and look at Revelation 19.11. Revelation 19. When we get to the book of Revelation, we see a kind of a different picture. We see that Christ... Not only has come, he is coming again. And when he comes again, he will make things right. And at the very end of history, this is what we read. Revelation 19, 11, Then I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and make, makes war. The one who is there, who is coming again, Jesus Christ. He is faithful and he is true. Or how do we know what the Spirit is like? How do we know that the Spirit is faithful? And not only do we know him as the Spirit of truth, as John, the Gospel of John tells us, we know him as the Comforter. We also know that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And as a result, we will bear fruit of the Spirit. Look at... Look at the fruit, Galatians 5. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Galatians 5 tells us, and just listen for a very familiar word. In Galatians 5, 22, we read these words, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, get this, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the character of, Of the Holy Spirit develops faithfulness in us because, get this, He is faithful. So, the reason the fruit of the Spirit produces in our lives faithfulness is because He is faithful. And then think about just, we can trust the faithfulness of God because His Word is true. If you say God is true, it's the same thing as saying God is faithful. Because God is faithful, everything He says is going to happen. It's certain. Have you ever taken the time to reflect upon all the promises of God in Scripture? If you haven't, you should. There are thousands of promises covering every situation that we will ever face. From salvation, to forgiveness of sins, to answered prayer, to navigating family life, to handling disappointment, to facing insecurity, and a whole lot of other um, issues that the Bible gives us clear promises on. Just listen to the words of of, Joshua 21, 45. It says this, Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. And a few thousand years later, guess what we can still say? Not one word of all of God's promises has failed. All have come to pass. In fact, if you look back, the past faithfulness of God is an indicator of the future faithfulness of God. The fact that God has been faithful in the past shows that He will be faithful in the future. So that's kind of the intellectual, biblical basis for trusting um, God's faithfulness. So what I want to do now is talk about His faithfulness when it really matters. (laughs) Yet yet before I go there, let me just say this. I read this week about um, Gladys uh, Alward, who served as a missionary in China right before World War II. And when the Japanese army invaded northern China, she was forced to flee, taking with her over a hundred orphans. And as she led the orphans into the mountains, she despaired that she would ever find safety for them. After a sleepless night, she was reminded by one of the 13-year-old orphans of Moses and the parting of the Red Sea. And Gladys responded this way, but I'm not Moses. And a little girl responded this way, of course you're not. But Jehovah is still God. We might not be Moses, we might not be Abraham, we might not be David, we might not be all of these things that we read in Scripture, but He is still God. He is still God. Jehovah, He will be faithful. We still have one with us who has continually showed himself to be faithful to us. So God has declared his faithfulness. Secondly, he has displayed his faithfulness. And lastly, God has demonstrated his faithfulness. He has demonstrated his faithfulness. So God has personally demonstrated his faithfulness to every single one of us in this room. And the way that He has intervened in our lives. And just think about this. Every one of you in this room, God has intervened in your life when you're weak, when you're tempted, when you sin, when you utterly and miserably fell and falter. God has intervened. When we're weak, the Bible says He is strong. He's faithful in that. When we face temptation, guess what Scripture says? 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is common to man. It says this, But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted upon your ability, but with every temptation He will provide a way of escape. In every temptation, brothers and sisters, that you and I face, God is Faithful. He will always make a way of escape. And what's that way of escape? We follow Jesus. That's the way of escape. We follow him because Jesus will never lead us into sin. He'll always lead us away from it. He will never lead us into death. He will always lead us into life. Therefore, we follow him. And think about God's faithfulness when we don't follow him and we sin. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is what? What? Okay, let's say it like we mean it, like we actually have asked God for forgiveness once in our lives. If we confess our sins, He is faithful. faithful And He's just, not just to hear our confessions, but to forgive our sins. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is where it hits home, brothers and sisters. God is faithful when we're weak. He's faithful when we're tempted. He's faithful when we sin. But what what about when we go beyond sin? When we utterly live in failure? When we utterly falter? What about then? And look with me in closing. And when a Baptist minister says that, that means absolutely nothing. But it just gives you a little bit of hope. Look at 2 Timothy um, chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning at verse 11, it says this. When you get there, let me hear you say. Amen. So 2 Timothy 2, 11, The saying is trustworthy. So that's always a good thing to hear in the Word of God. We can trust this. For if we have died with Him, we will also live with Him. If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, he will also deny us. And let's just stop there real quick. So just did you get the parallelism there? If we we've died with Christ, but it's okay because we're going to live with him. We endure when we're persecuted, when we face those difficulties, yet we are going to reign with him. There's reward. But then the warning if we deny him by our behavior, by our actions, He will deny us. Let me tell you what happens when we, when we forfeit the presence of God, we forfeit the benefits of God. When we walk away from the presence of God, we walk away from all the blessings that God pours out upon us. And just think about that. If you're not, going, if you're not walking with God, He's not going to give you peace. His blessings will not be on your life. He will keep drawing you to Himself, but if you deny Him, He will deny you. And then we look at verse 13. If we are faithless, and all of a sudden kind of reads like dun-dun-dun, we know what's coming, don't we? It feels like we know what's coming. If we deny Him, He denies us. If we're faithless, we feel like we know it's going to say, if we're faithless, He will be faithless to us. But praise God, that's not what it says. Listen to what it says. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. Let me read that again. Hear that. Feel. Don't just hear it, brothers and sisters. Feel it. Feel it. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. Why? For He cannot Deny himself. When our whole spiritual engine breaks down and we've messed up beyond just sin and we're to the point where we are running away from God as fast as we can and we think that there is no hope. We think that we have entered into um, this black hole that God could never, ever, ever bring us back from. When we are faithless, God remains faithful. Faithful. What a gracious assurance amid our own unfaithfulness. In fact, let's do a little survey here. Raise your hand if you've ever been unfaithful to God. If you're not raising your hand, you're doing it right now <laughs> because you're lying. So we've all been unfaithful to Him, but get this He is faithful. Let me go a step further. God's faithfulness all throughout this word has never depended upon the faithfulness of His children. He is faithful even when we're not. When we lack courage, guess what? God doesn't. He has made a history out of using people, get this, in spite of themselves. That's what God does. He uses us in spite of themselves. He uses me my constant theme, and you're gonna think this is a joke, but it's not. Is God? I think of Balaam, and Lord, if you can use a donkey, you can sure use me, and that shouldn't have got an amen, Grandma. Come, on. no, but it should. If God can use a donkey, He can use us. He can sure use me, and I thank God for that. But let me just stop this. Let me just stop here and say this: Are you at this very hour? Are you a monument for God's faithfulness? Do you speak of his faithfulness? Do you declare his faithfulness to you? Or are you living as though God's faithfulness hasn't touched your life? Or are you living as if his faithfulness doesn't even matter? Let me just ask three questions. Where would you be? Had not the magnet of God's grace drawn you to himself and kept you there? You would be lost. Where would you be if God became faithless like we do? Where would you be if God kept his promises like we do? Which begs the question, where are we now in relation to him? Where are we now? Let me just end with the words of of Louis Burkhoff. He he wrote an amazing work, Systematic Theology, and he says this. The faithfulness of God is of the utmost practical significance to the people of God. It is the ground of their confidence, the foundation of their hope, the cause of their rejoicing. It saves them from despair to which their own unfaithfulness might easily lead, gives them courage to carry on in spite of their failures, and fills their hearts with joyful anticipations, even when they are deeply conscious of the fact that they have forfeited all of the blessings of God. To to sum that all up, brothers and sisters, we are often faithless, but great is His faithfulness. I pray that even now you would understand that you are a monument of His faithfulness. You're a monument of His faithfulness question is are you recognizing that do you you see that you know this past week many of you have heard we ended up having a day layover in in Paris we wanted to be back here and we said please just get us back to the U.S. please and they said well we can get you to Detroit but you got to stay there for 24 hours and we were like we'll stick with Paris Um, so we they put us in a hotel and we were like we're 45 minutes away from the Eiffel Tower might as well go there And so we went, it was 40 degrees, it was raining cold, with the three of us, it was not near as romantic as I've seen in the movies. I mean, you know. But think about that amazing monument to man and people who come to see that. And yet, brothers and sisters, we are monuments to how faithful God has been and will be. We are monuments of his faithfulness. Oh, that we would declare and shine forth the faithfulness of God. You know what we can say? You know what I say? There are so many times that I have been faithless to him. So many times where I have blown it with him. But there has never been one moment where he has been faithless to me. He is always faithful. And he will always be faithful to us. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand. We're going to call... Rhett musicians forward as we enter into a time of invitation. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you now. God, if those in this room don't hear anything else today, may we hear and may we know that you are faithful. God, you are faithful. You are faithful in all that you do. You are faithful in all of your ways. You are faithful to us. Lord, we might be faithless. You remain faithful, for you cannot deny yourself. And by your grace, you have placed yourself in us. And you will never deny that. Oh, God, just touch the hearts of your people. Remind us, even in this moment, God, how faithful you have been. God, help us to see that we are indeed monuments of your faithfulness. God, even if there's someone here today that doesn't know you, Lord, the fact that you have brought them here is a picture of your faithfulness to them. That they may hear, that they may come to know you, Jesus, as their Savior and Lord. God, we pray if there's anyone that is here or will be here, Father, in this place of worship, that today would be the day of salvation. But we also, Father, we pray for every child of God across this room that today would be the day that we truly know and Anchor our lives in the fact that you will forever be faithful. God, remind us, cheer our hearts with that truth. You are faithful. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.